Hello, everyone. Welcome into a brand new edition of the Shooting the Moon podcast. James Mooney here with you, as always, flying solo on a Friday afternoon, getting you ready for NBA free agency, which starts tomorrow or tonight at midnight, depending on how you want to look at it, and should provide some fireworks for this 4th of July weekend in the NBA offseason. I hope you are all getting yourselves ready for a nice long holiday weekend. But before we all embark on the holiday and take that long weekend, let's take a few minutes here and just kind of get you set up for some of the news and notes you'll probably see break over the weekend. Uh, I think the big thing for me this week was no different than last week or the week before where we had some moves made here and there, which kind of lend to this, everything's kind of on the table for any team. It's all about catching the Warriors at this point because of how head and shoulders they are above the league. So you see Chris Paul getting traded to Houston. We'll talk about that in a little bit. Phil Jackson is out in New York as the president of the New York Knicks. We'll talk about that as well. We'll get into the latest on Paul George and Carmelo Anthony, and then we'll wrap up with the top 10 or so free agents and where you should be looking to see some of these guys go. Uh, A couple of them are pretty obvious, but it'll still, there's still some uncertainty there and it'll be interesting to see where some of these chips fall. So first let's get into this Chris Paul trade. Big, probably the biggest news of the week. Uh, Wednesday, the Rockets complete a trade with the Los Angeles Clippers to send all, perennial all-star guard Chris Paul to Houston for a bevy of players, including Lou Williams, Patrick Beverly, just to name a few. Uh, a couple other guys like Sam Decker were in the deal. And a first-round pick, all to get Chris Paul in the red uniform for the Rockets. Pair him with MVP runner-up James Harden. On the surface, when I first saw the news break, I I, I didn't quite get it. I, I I you know James James Harden, aside from Russell Westbrook, is one of the most ball dominant players in the league, top two three guy in usage rate. So you wonder how adding another ball dominant guard would make that work. However, as time's gone, as the days and hours have passed since then, I've kind of warmed to the idea a little more. I think that. While Houston sacrificed their depth on that bench to really try and get more top-heavy and get closer to that starting five, I think that Mike D'Antoni is going to have to be able to stagger the minutes for Paul and Harden, kind of keep them. Can't really play them on, on the court with each other all the time, the entire game, but I think each of them does. They could complement each other in a very interesting way. Chris Paul is arguably the top defensive point guard in the NBA. So you get an upgrade from Patrick Beverly there. But as we've seen in the past with Chris Paul, he is a terrific offensive player, can score the basketball, can shoot. More importantly, I think his shooting ability should be able to play well off of James Harden, who really wowed us this season, kind of proved us wrong that he couldn't be a facilitator. He had set a career best in assists this past season. So I think there's some... There's going to be some growing pains, but this is a one-year experiment. We'll see how this all plays out. Uh, You saw some of the things that came out after 
about the deterior, deteriorating relationship that Chris Paul had with president of the Clippers and head coach Doc Rivers. Lots been made about that. It's kind of turning into a he said, he said type deal. However, I do think that on the just on the whole, Chris Paul saw an opportunity to go to a team that just won 55 games and really has, I think, in the Western Conference, has the best chance. Now, that's not saying it's a good chance, but the best chance to take down the Warriors. I really, really hope that they finish 1-2 and two in the Western Conference next season and we get that playoff series in the Western Conference Finals. That being said, that's almost 11 months away, so let's not get too far ahead of ourselves. I think the biggest key to really look at in this Chris Paul trade was that he only opted in for the one year on his player option, did not sign a five-year max deal like he could have with Los Angeles before he got traded. This means that it's a one-year thing. It's a one-year test to see how he'll work out with James Harden. Now, reportedly, there was mutual interest between the two to play together, but it's going to be a working situation. Chris Paul will now be in the exact same situation he was in next year. He controls his destiny, controls his ultimate destination, and in that same report that the destin or the deteriorated relationship with Doc Rivers, you also saw kind of the the big and small picture of Chris Paul finally getting out of Los Angeles, and that it really predicated on him maximizing his potential landing places and the potential to play with a good friend of his, LeBron James. The If he had signed that five-year max deal, it would really lock him into one or two places to go play with LeBron if he so chooses. But if that is the option he ultimately wants to ultimate road he wants to go down to leave Houston and go pair up with LeBron somewhere should he leave Cleveland it would open them up a ton of options that they could each go to uh, they could go you know a la the, the Miami big three where they all kind of decided all right let's let's all pair up you know we'll go to Miami so that that'll be something that that'll probably be one of the more subtle sub subplots of the 2017-2018 season. That'll kind of, as we go on, we'll see how that relationship goes. Which kind of brings me to, now, what's next for the Clippers? You've lost your unquestioned leader in Chris Paul. You've got a bunch of decent, you got a couple of decent players. You know, Lou Williams is sixth man of the year. Patrick Beverly is one of the better defensive guards in the league. Some bench guys to really kind of you know, maybe one hit. You know, maybe a guy like Sam Decker, who who's a, he's a bit younger, could turn into something. I don't know, but the big th- the big thing now for LA is what is coming up in the next couple of days. Blake Griffin opted out of his contract. He is now an unrestricted free agent. They will have to court him very hard to keep him in the city of Angels, but they do have the kicker. Over a team, say like Phoenix, who would like, who would want to sign Blake Griffin, that they could offer the extra year and more money to keep him on the Clippers. That that he is now the top priority. 
Then what happens with DeAndre Jordan? There were trade rumors that came out just before the draft that DeAndre Jordan was being shopped to a team like Phoenix, actually. It's funny how Phoenix is kind of trying to get one of these two remaining superstars on the Clippers away. But what's this team going to look like? And how does how do you build this team around either Blake Griffin or DeAndre Jordan or both? I don't really know. It's it's they're kind of you know, we all thought in the Western Conference, you obviously the hierarchy, you had Golden State, San Antonio, Houston, and then the Clippers. But now the Clippers are fall, falling down the wayside. You have a team like Minnesota who is on the way up. Things are kind of shaking up outside of that top tier in the Western Conference. All right, let's get into the other big story of the week. Phil Jackson out as president of basketball operations in New York. The Knicks owner James Dolan and Phil Jackson agreed to part ways and leaves the Knicks pretty much where they were when Phil took over. Uh, I really think that nothing has really changed. That, you know, As bad of a job as I thought Phil Jackson did, nothing really changed in the three years that he was there. The team, you know, Carmelo Anthony now want, may want out. You, the only thing that really changes is that now they have Porzingis, but apparently, apparently now Porzingis isn't exactly happy being there. Doesn't like the uh, doesn't have much respect for ownership. Uh, James Dolan, I, I I'll go on record saying I think he's one of the worst owners owners in sports. I mean, just look at the track record since he's owned the team. I, you know, Colin Cowherd, I think he hit the nail on the head a couple of days ago on his show, The Herd, when he said that 90% of the problems the Knicks have don't change with a new president. That there's a lot of work that needs to go into this team and this roster to get them as a legitimate contender again. Uh, obviously, the first step of this roster is you got to figure out what's going on with Carmelo. You need him, you, you got to figure out a way for him to waive that no trade clause or you just cut cut your losses and buy him out. We'll see what happens with all that. The, the rumor is right now that Carmelo Anthony, if he does take a buyout, it would only be to go to Cleveland and join forces with LeBron James and go chase a title. What happens with Porzingis? You know, Phil Jackson, before he left the team, was entertaining trade offers. But the rumor was that the Knicks wanted three three players, at least two of them starters, and three valuable picks. First-rounders, pretty much exclusive at that point. No second-round picks. So what do you do there? You, you've got a couple, you know, Willie Hernan Gomez... Another kind of building block guy, maybe. He was on the all-rookie team. There's a lot to go here with the Knicks. I, truthfully, if I'm a Knicks fan, I don't feel any better right now until you get that new president in there, which we'll get to in a second. But I don't feel any better today than I did before the draft because James Dolan's still your owner and you really don't know what he's going to do. I, I truthfully, 
and that'll just get us into the the, the possible replacements. Um, but the first one is the, there was a report out there that Isaiah Thomas, former Knicks president and head coach, was a dark horse candidate for the job, and that wouldn't have surprised me at all, considering that James Dolan considers him a good friend and a confidant. Uh, he's Isaiah Thomas is currently the president of the New York Liberty, the WNBA franchise, and has a, a good role as an analyst for NBA TV. But it got to the point where he had to tweet out yesterday that he is not interested in the job. So at least if you're a Knicks fan, you got to feel good that at least you're not going back to the days of 2003 when Thomas was running the team. Some of the more interesting candidates that have come up, you had former Cleveland general manager David Griffin. I think that's probably the best route that they could go. Uh, I mean, look what he did in Cleveland. He kept LeBron James pretty pretty happy won a, and put together a team that won a title. Uh, Toronto president Masai Ujiri, he's in the mix. And then some other people in the – other executives in the Knicks organization – are high on Oklahoma City general manager Sam Presti. Now, the problem with Presti and Ujiri is that you're probably going to have to make some form of a deal with their respective franchises in order to sign them, or, you know, bring them over to the New York Knicks. There's going to be some compensation there. But, you know, that, that, that ends up mucking up what you're trying to do, and you need to do it quickly because right now you're operating without a president of basketball operations as you're heading into with a lame duck GM as you head into free agency. And the longer you wait, I think the more likely it is that you have another lost season in New York. Now I say lost because obviously in the NBA, if you're not one of the best teams, you want to be one of the worst teams. But at the same time, this is a team that's just has enough talent to be in that, you know, mid-level purgatory. So if you don't have a direction, if you don't have a plan in the NBA, odds are you're not going to get any better any faster. So we'll see what's going to happen there. Uh, now, heading into free agency a little bit here, we have off the, just off the top, let's get this out of the way, still have no idea what's going on with Paul George. Boston... Still has not pulled a trigger yet on a deal. Everyone thinks that that would be the most logical landing place for him in a trade. Obviously, he has made it known that he wants to leave and for that George would like to leave in free agency if he was still with Indiana and sign with the Lakers, hometown, his hometown team. But we'll have to keep an eye on what Boston's going to do. Uh, I think that that's a move that doesn't get made right away, but it's. Always, it's kind of just going to be hanging over our heads as we go further and further into the free agency process. And then back, you know, like I said with Carmelo Anthony, no one's really sure what's going to happen there because he still has a no-trade clause. Cleveland seems like the most logical landing place for him should he leave the Knicks, but don't rule out Houston making a push. Uh, Houston has doesn't really have a whole lot of assets left after they made the giant deal for Chris Paul. They do have the sixth man of the year in Eric Gordon. They could flip him for some assets and try and make a deal with the Knicks to get Carmelo Anthony away. I think that's a place where he could 
possibly waive his no trade clause to go if he feels that he can win a championship there. The big thing to remember with Carmelo Anthony is he likes it in New York. His wife likes it in New York. So it's going to take quite the situation to pry him away from the Big Apple. All right, so let's get into some free, let's get into the free agents. Uh, like I said, tomorrow is the start, and it'll be almost a year ago that Kevin Durant made his big move to Golden State, which brings us to the top of the list of the free agents, and that is Kevin Durant, who opted out of a deal with the Warriors. It is expected he will re-sign, but he will not re-sign right away. He's going to let some chips fall, as they may, and then get together with the Warriors brass and figure out what's best for the team. Now, it was an interesting story came out yesterday about the financials surrounding the Golden State Warriors. And, you know, they projected it out. I believe it was Hoops Hype that uh, had this article out that it would cost the Warriors about $1.5 billion over the next four seasons to keep the core group together, and that that obviously means Durant, Curry, Thompson, and Draymond Green, but also Sean Livingston, Andre Iguodala for a little bit, and guys like Patrick McCall and Jordan Bell, some of their younger guys on this team. But the key here and the key for this season for Kevin Durant is the length of the contract. If he signs a big if he signs anything more than a year to a two-year deal, it will probably mean that Andre Iguodala is gone from Golden State. That being said, it's it seems like Kevin Durant is willing to do what's best for the team instead of what's best for himself. So if you you might see something like a, a one-year deal with a player option for the following year, that would be the ideal scenario for Golden State if they want to keep the core four and Iguodala and Livingston in the fold. So KD should be a warrior in about two weeks officially again. Number, number two is Steph Curry. He's due for a big, big deal. He's hasn't even ranked in the top five in salaries for the Warriors during this three-year title run that they've had. He's, I think he'll, I don't think he'll take the full max. I, I, he's going to be a warrior. There's really no question about that. I think Durant and Curry are on the same page that they know what they've got in Golden State. They have a chance to be a historic team. So no surprises there. So now we're going to kind of get into the actual free agents of the, of this 2017 class. And the top guy there is Gordon Hayward. Opted out of his deal in Utah. Where's he going to go? It's you know, there's it's not set in stone that he's leaving Utah just yet. However, the two most likely landing places are Boston and Miami. Personally, I think that Boston is probably going to win this bidding war mostly because of the Brad Stevens connection. If you remember, Gordon Hayward went to Butler uh, and him and Hayward, Brad Stevens and Gordon Hayward have a very close relationship from their time at Butler where they came just short of winning a national championship. 
I think that relationship there, that, that's really what the NBA is all about these days. It's these relationships. I think that Boston gives him a better chance to win a title quickly, and he knows exactly what he's getting when he gets there because he's very familiar with Stevens as the coach. Don't rule out Miami either. Uh, Pat Riley has a way of getting what he wants, as you know we've seen it when he got the big three together and that entire run that they had. So, but for me, I, I think it's Boston. Everyone pretty much thinks it's Boston. Unfortunately, Utah. While Gordon Hayward is the the big star there, I think that the draw of winning a championship in Boston with a close acquaintance, I think that really will bring Hayward away. And that will really start getting some of these chips to fall. Next guy on the list is Blake Griffin. He already has a meeting set with the Phoenix Suns on Saturday. But I think that the money that LA can offer will keep him in a Clippers uniform next season. And he will attempt to try and sway another big name in 2018. So while I think that it would be interesting to see Blake Griffin go to Phoenix, I think that LA is probably the most landing spot. I think, truthfully, I think Blake Griffin is one of the more interesting cases of this free agency class because he doesn't, he's this, he's a high-flying guy and he's, he's getting, he's gotten better every year, but he's got that injury history He's still kind of raw in certain areas, not the best shooter in the world. You know, it's really the evolution of the NBA and what does that mean for a guy like Blake Griffin. So it'll be interesting to see where he does end up. But I, if I'm reading the tea leaves correctly here, it's most likely Los Angeles back to the Clippers on a big five-year max deal, or he's going to take his chances and see what happens in Phoenix. Uh, Phoenix has an interesting roster. Devin Booker is looking like the next star guard of these, of this new kind of evolving NBA with the perimeter game being of utmost importance. All right. So now we get down uh, number five, by the way, this, uh, the, this list of, Guys is from USA Today. Their rankings of the top available free agents. Head on over to USA Today Sports for that. Uh, number five on their list is Kyle Lowry. Kyle Lowry, he's the he is kind of the embodiment of the old NBA point guard, and which is crazy to think that in just three years, a guy like Kyle Lowry is kind of part of an old guard. Um, I think the big thing with the big problem with it for me is he's 31. He's had some injury problems, but the biggest thing is his really up and down play in the playoffs. Uh, he's had really some bad stri- strings of performances for the Toronto Raptors, but yeah, it, it make it makes me wonder what kind of a team would want him. Uh, obviously, Philadelphia was rumored until they made the trade for the number one pick and took Markel Fultz. But now it kind of leaves him in limbo. He initially said that he would entertain leaving Toronto, but now, aside unless he goes to a team like, say, Minnesota, that which that rumors kind of come out in the in the last 
24 hours or so. I, I kind of see him going back to Toronto. I think uh, the money is just going to be too great, uh, too big of a difference. And Minnesota isn't quite ready to make a title run, despite the fact that they just got Jimmy Butler. We'll see. It, 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 Kyle Lowry's kind of the... I, I'm interested to see where he goes, but at the same time, I don't really know if he helps you win a title. Which, same thing for Paul Millsap. Paul Millsap had been on the trade block seemingly all season in Atlanta, and he's likely on the move in free agency, especially now that the that, that the Hawks traded Dwight Howard. I just Paul Millsap reminds me a lot of Al Horford. You know, he's he's a he's a solid guy, but you're I, I don't think that's a guy you're going to win a title with either. Uh, the Rumor is that he could be going to Utah, but at the same time, we'll see. I think that's probably the top landing spot. I think Utah, pair him with Rudy Gobert. We'll see what happens. I think Utah might be the most logical spot for a Paul Millsap. Uh, seven, number seven on the list is Otto Porter Jr. He is a restricted free agent, which is important to remember because a restricted free agent means that Washington has the right to match any contract offer that a team is willing to give Otto Porter to bring him over, and should they should Washington opt to not match the contract offer, there is compensation that needs to go back to Washington in return. That being said, I think Washington probably matches the contract unless John Wall is able to persuade a star to come to Washington in a trade or what have you. Uh, the, the rumor, the, the big news of the week is that John Wall has been in discussion with, namely, Paul George to orchestrate a way to get himself to Washington. I don't think that the Wizards have, I think if the Wizards are able to get Paul George, I think they have to. They would have to give up Brad, Bradley Beal in the process, but we'll see what happens. I, I truthfully think that Otto Porter Jr. likely stays in Washington. I I think really that, but then don't rule out them trading him at some point down the line, obviously for a team like Washington and trying to get a guy like Paul George, you might want to try, you don't want to sacrifice the assets now when you know that he's going to be a free agent in a year anyway. You know, that kind of, it's funny that we have, you know, we're talking about Paul George and Carmelo Anthony as you know trade uh, targets because you look at what the Knicks did. They could have waited for Carmelo Anthony when he wanted out of Denver. Instead, they make the trade. They hastily make a trade, gut their roster to get him, and the Knicks never recovered after that. They never really were able to kind of figure out, never kind of never able to acquire the same kind of talent that they had before they got Carmelo Anthony. So if you're a team like Washington, why, why, you know, if you're Washington or if you're the Lakers, when it comes to Paul George, why go get him now when you, when you can get him for nothing, where you don't have to give up anything on your team other than what you need to do to clear out the space to get him. So, but anyway, Otto Porter Jr. likely staying in Washington. Number eight on the list, J.J. Redick. 
all reports indicate seem to indicate that he is gone from the LA Clippers and he will take his talents elsewhere. It seems like the most likely landing spot is the Philadelphia 76ers. Who'd have thought that the Sixers would be able to get a top 10 talent? However, the an interesting bit of news dropped today when the Sixers began working on terms for a buyout of one of their European stashes, shooting guard, Furkan Korkmaz. He is a 19-year-old shooting guard that has been playing over in Turkey. He just recently won the EuroLeague Rookie of the Year, which essentially means that the Sixers will have one less roster spot to fill next year. Also, Philadelphia 76ers are not interested in signing anyone to a long-term deal right now. They they would rather keep their long-term flexibility on the cap for when they have to make make the big decision on Joel Embiid whether to lock him in to a five-year, $200-plus-million-dollar contract in in just over a year's time. That being said, J.J. Redick to Philadelphia seems like a slam-dunk option, but that's all depending on if J.J. Redick wants to do that. Obviously, if you go to a team like Philadelphia, you are not going to win a championship this year. And if they're if the Sixers are only willing to offer a one-year contract, do you do it for one year and then reassess and see where the chips see where everything's at in a year? If I'm JJ Redick, I mean, hey, why not? I get a chance to possibly, you know, I get to go to Philadelphia, which is a budding young team if they can stay healthy, and they could use them. That that it's it's the the fit is perfect schematically on the basketball court, but circumstances I I personally don't think JJ Redick would might I don't think he's going to end up in Philly but you know I've been wrong before I I think JJ Redick is better better off I think he and I think he would agree that he would rather go try and win a title somewhere so we'll see what happens uh number nine on the list Serge Ibaka not really sure what you're you know what you're getting from him he he's a Defense, defensively, good player, can rebound, can occasionally step out, hit a three. But I think that he likely just goes back to Toronto. I don't think there's really anything interesting there. You know, uh, on a, on the local radio show here, the Sports Bash, they were talking that Ibaka could be a, uh, a potential target for Houston, which I completely agreed with host Mike Gill on the fact that, you know, if you bring Serge Ibaka to Houston, like what are you, you're essentially modeling yourself after Toronto, which hasn't come close to winning a title. So I think truthfully, it seems like all the chips in Toronto or all the, you know, Lowry and Ibaka, it seems like Toronto is going to be exactly the same. What we saw last year. I, I, I think again, money, money's going to talk. Money's going to talk a big, big lot in this free agency as it does every year. Uh, I, I think that Toronto is definitely a the most likely landing spot for Serge Ibaka. Uh, rounding out the top 10 on this list is George Hill. Uh, if His free agency situation is very reliant on what happens with Gordon Hayward. If Gordon Hayward goes back to Utah, you could very well see George Hill go back with him. However, 
since it seems like Gordon Hayward is gone from Salt Lake City. That leaves George Hill leaving as well. And truthfully, I I can't think of a solid spot for him to go. You know, could a team like Miami go after him? Maybe. But they've got they they've got their you know, they've got guards and all that, and you know, I don't know. George Hill, I think he he's a guy that that's a name you want to watch in say later on in the week. You know, a week from now. That's really when we'll start to know where George Hill might go. Some of the more interesting names that are outside this top 10, you have Andre Iguodala, who has been rumored to be, in, uh, many teams are rumored to be interested in him, including Philadelphia, San Antonio, some of the other contenders. However, I if Kevin Durant is willing to take that one-year deal, and Iguodala is willing to make $8 million as opposed to $20 million for a title. If I'm in Andre Iguodala, I don't see why I leave. So I think that he likely stays in Golden State. But we'll know very quickly whether that him, him wanting to continue to be a part of a potential dynasty in Golden State is enough to take what would essentially be a $12 million pay cut. Next on the list here, Dion Waiters. He may have finally had the breakout year in Miami this season. Uh, Many people might not realize this, but second half of the season, the Miami Heat had the best record in the NBA. Mostly due to Dion Waiters and I and Whiteside and Hassan Whiteside and th- th- they figured something out in Miami. I would be shocked if Waiters would go elsewhere. So look for him to take a max. De- now th- that's really the question: is do you are you giving him a max deal or not? I think he earned it. You came literally one game away from the playoffs, and had you made it, I think that. Miami would have done something similar to Chicago, and they could have pushed the Boston Celtics. I think the Boston Celtics were very fortunate that they didn't have to face Miami in the first round in the playoffs, and they can they have Brooklyn to thank for that. Brooklyn probably would have lost the game anyway, but they decided to to rest Brooke Lopez and Jeremy Lin and their key starters in that season finale. But back to Deion Waiters, I think he's rightfully earned the max contract, I think him being in Miami would be, it's the most logical spot for him. And then finally here is Drew Holiday. Apparently reports came out just before I started recording that Drew Holiday is likely getting a five-year deal in New Orleans, which would keep him with Anthony Davis and the recently acquired DeMarcus Cousins. New Orleans needs guards. They need a guard. The problem is Drew Holiday hasn't come close to the all-star form that he had in Philadelphia when they originally acquired him a couple of years ago. I think that that's a good spot for him. However, I don't rule out a team like the Minnesota Timberwolves. Don't rule them out at all. I think that Drew, Drew Holiday injuries have held him back. 
That being said, Drew Holiday was a terrific, terrific point guard in Philadelphia. It's there. He's shown it before. And I think a team like Minnesota would be a great spot for him. That being said, all things seem like it will be the New Orleans Pelicans that will keep Drew Holiday. All right, well, that is it for me, guys. I want to wish you all a terrific and a safe holiday weekend. Enjoy it. Hopefully the weather is good wherever you are listening to this. As for me, thank you for listening. This was episode 10, a little milestone for me, and hopefully we'll continue to keep this going as long as you want, as long as you guys will listen to me ramble on about sports. Uh, For next week, uh, we'll be talking baseball. I'll be bringing back Greg Schwartz into the mix, and we'll be talking MLB All-Star Games, the rest of the first half of the MLB season, and we will be debating Aaron Judge versus Cody Bellinger. But that is all in store next week on the Shooting the Moon podcast. Thank you all very much for listening again. Go subscribe, like, and share on SoundCloud or iTunes. And please leave a review and a rating on iTunes. It would help me tremendously see what I could do better. And that is really it. Have yourselves a great holiday weekend, and I will see you all again next week on the Shooting the Moon podcast.